There are lots of great ways to stay connected with Ave Maria Radio, like our Poll of the Week. This week, we want to know, has your diocese removed the general dispensation from ASEAN? Let us know now at AveMariaRadio.net. Scroll down on the homepage and click on Poll of the Week. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Well, something has happened recently which has caused me to uh, reconsider a topic that I was hoping wouldn't have to be addressed uh, in any great length. For a long time, uh, people have thought that uh, the Catholic Church, uh, that there were those within the Catholic Church, let me rephrase this, that there were theologians within the Catholic Church uh, who wanted to, well, how can I put it? eliminate Episcopal authority, uh, or at least weaken it, to, so that it becomes a, a, um, you know, a, a moot, uh, it becomes a ceremonial position. And uh, others want to do the same thing with divine revelation. So you, you interpret the biblical text away. And so the, what happens with these particular theologians uh, I see Richard McBrien, who's passed on now, uh, as one of those who was most effective in advancing this position here in the United States. I think when push comes to shove, uh, what you see is the elimination of the principle of divine authority, which resides where? In Christ. And how is Christ expressed in the present day? He's ascended. He seats at the, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He has poured forth his Spirit. His Spirit reconstituted his body on the earth. That is the church. Now, how do you express, a, how does his divine authority get expressed through the church? Well, uh, through the apostles. The, he chose the 12. The 12 were representatives of ancient Israel, the 12 tribes. It's because Jesus was, in fact, bringing forth the kingdom that was the uh, dream and the aspiration of the Hebrew people. So the 12 apostles are governing representatives of this kingdom. They are the 12 tribes embodied in the apostles. This apostolic authority would continue. Jesus talks about it in the Gospels. In the book of Acts, we see it expressed when they replace uh, Judas with Matthias. It's because you have to have the 12. You've, you've got to have the full college of apostles there. You've got to have the apostolic authority that can then be passed along, just as it was to Matthias, and then it is passed on to the successors of the apostles, the bishops. Where the bishop is, that's where the church is. This is what Ignatius of Antioch taught in the uh, late 90s and into the first decade of the um, uh, second century. So, unfortunately, we do have now not just theologians who seem, who seem to want to eliminate the principle of divine authority within the church, They've already attacked the divine authority of the scriptures, but you apparently have now some bishops doing so in Germany. So that being the case, I've decided to give it some attention. Uh, I'm encouraged by this, by the uh, Archbishop of Denver, Samuel Aquila, who in an open letter dated May 13th warned about the fundamental text that has been produced 
by the first forum of the German Catholic Synodal Path. He says that it advances untenable views of the Church. Uh, I'm glad to say that uh, we now have on Wednesday, Arch- yesterday, Archbishop Salvatore Cordelione, who we interviewed last week, of San Francisco, has stated his support for Archbishop Aquila's letter. Uh, and he says, we are all in Archbishop Aquila's debt for such an extraordinary, reasoned, and theologically rich response to the German bishop's synodal path, which proposes a radical transformation uh, to the gospel of Jesus Christ in the church he left us. Um, this is the kind of straight talk that we're going to have to have uh, in the future. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I, do, I did not become a Catholic to keep focused on internal church problems. Uh, that's one reason I became a Catholic, is I wanted to avoid the kind of internecine warfare that goes on uh, within various Protestant denominations and the continued fragmentation that you see. I became a Catholic because I believed Christ wanted his body on earth to be visibly one. And the only community that uh, has any plausible claim uh, to doing that is the Catholic Church. And I know some of my Eastern Orthodox friends would, would argue with me on this. And all I can say is, next time you guys get it together to call an ecumenical council, uh, I'll listen. But you haven't called one since, what, the 8th century. So please, um, the Catholic Church continues to be, in my estimation, the only uh, Christian community in the world uh, that can lay plausible claim to being the church that Christ established by its unity, by its historicity, by the power of its sacraments. I could go on. But uh, it does look like now, since there are bishops publicly seeking to undermine the historic teaching of the church, even if it is in Germany, we have to pay attention to it. Part of the reason for this is that Pope Francis himself has been a champion of this synodal path. Now, it is ironic, it is ironic that he's been forced to reprimand and rebuke some of the teaching of the German bishops as a result of this. So this is part of, what well, there's a little bit of humor to this whole thing. He has uh, asked Cardinal Mario Grech uh, to be looking at this synodal path, this path, this gathering path, this way of having ecclesial conversations with all, laity, clergy, religious. He has asked Cardinal Mario Grech to uh, kind of oversee this. He's from Malta. Uh, and Pope, I should say Pope Francis thought the, I think the two uh, bishops of Malta were the ones who got his encyclical, or excuse me, the um, um, apostolic letter or apostolic exhortation, Amoris Laetitia, that they got that right. Now, Cardinal Grech has said that since we are all connected by the Holy Spirit, all members of the body of Christ, all of us have a contribution to make uh, to the church. That, of course, is true. We've all, by virtue of our baptism and confirmation, we've been given gifts, and we are supposed, we should identify those gifts and be exercising those in the building up of the church. The problem is, that doesn't necessarily mean that every baptized Catholic ought to be finagling around with the church as an institution. The church is fundamentally a communion. Um, it, it is not—I notice theological liberals seem preoccupied 
with looking at the church as a, a, a human institution. Uh, the, the prime purpose of the laity is not to be looking inward at the institutional church, but outward at reaching the world for Christ. And that's what we mean by building up the body of Christ. We aren't talking about going back and trying to um, rewrite uh, the Second Vatican Council or rewrite Second uh, Timothy. Uh, look, I've noticed that those who champion this gathering idea tend to lead in the direction of democratizing doctrine. It's as though they want to enlist large cadres of laity to begin weighing in on doctrinal questions which are not, some of which are not open anymore. There are doctrinal issues which are open. There's a development of doctrine that goes on. But let's take a look at the German bishops' synodal path here. What are they looking at? Well, while the German bishops initially said that the process would conclude with a series of binding votes, the Vatican told them that uh, the bishops, that their plans were not ecclesiologically valid. So think about this. The German bishops actually wanted the conclusion of this gathering, right, to be ecclesiologically binding. And the, the Vatican said, the Holy See said, no, we're not going to do it that way. Uh, and with good reason. Uh, the German bishops cannot establish binding teaching uh, that is, uh, you know, apart from the Holy See. So here's the, do here's the things they were looking at, okay? Four major topics. How power is exercised in the church. Okay, we can all agree that we've all probably seen uh, power abused in the church, but the real question isn't power, because the truth is uh, the scriptures are clear, the teaching of the church is clear, that power is not to be abused. The real issue is authority. Who has authority in the church? Not who has power. That's a secondary question. The question is who has authority, and authority to do what? Of course, it's always authority to serve. So, Priests have authority to serve. Bishops have authority to serve. Laity have authority to serve. If you want to, again, we can look at what that means. Are there ways in which uh, laity uh, are being thwarted uh, by false teaching, and so they cannot exercise their gifts? Well, okay, I'm willing to look at all this, uh, as long as you're not also saying that we have to strip the priesthood of its unique ability to offer the Eucharist, because that plays into this too. There are people who do not believe that the ordained ministerial priesthood should have exclusive authority to confect the sacrament. It's crazy, but that is, that's, out, that's on the table with these, these people. So the first thing is that they're looking at is how power is exercised in the church. The second thing is sexual morality. Now, <laughs> what can I say? Uh, if you're listening to this broadcast, if you're listening to EWTN and Ave Maria Radio, uh, I don't think you're in doubt about what the church teaches in relationship to sexual morality. You might have trouble living it, you know, but the truth is you know what it is, and the question isn't to change what the church teaches— the question is, how can I open myself up to the work of the Holy Spirit so that I live faithfully within that teaching, that I obey, that uh, Jesus' love for the Father 
exists in us to enable us to obey Jesus with the same kind of love and enthusiasm that he obeys the Father. All right. That's what I want to know. I don't want you to go changing the rules on me here. I, I want you to, again, empower me. As St. Saint, as Saint Augustine said, Lord God, command what you will, and then give what you command. <laughs> All right? Give me the grace to obey. So we got power in, or, or power expressed in the church. Sexual morality. I don't think there's a big discussion there. They want to re, revisit uh, questions about fidelity in marriage. Uh, come on. What about the priesthood? They also think that it's an area that has to be uh, rediscussed, redefined. And then, of course, the role of women, which is actually uh, code for ordained women to the ministerial priesthood. <laughs> so we have a bunch of bishops doing this now. This is not just theologians anymore. It's a bunch of bishops. It's a serious matter. Now, we're going to make... Uh, we're going to make um, Archbishop Aquila's document available in the Crested Guest Archives. It's a response to Forum 1 of the German Catholic Synodal Path. There is very good news for all of us here, and I, I want to just go back to the teaching of the Church itself, because it's, it's most important that we not, that we not in any way lose heart uh, this is, again, I'll, I'll read here from uh, the teaching of the church, Lumen Gentium. This is the one church of Christ which our Savior, after his resurrection, commissioned Peter to shepherd, and him and the other apostles to extend and direct with authority, which he erected for all ages as the pillar and the foundation of the truth. This church, constituted and organized in the world as a society, subsists in the Catholic Church, which is governed by the succession of Peter and by the bishops in communion with him. That is unchangeable teaching. Hang on to it.